This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 718, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 718. I am Joshua A. Flanagan Esquire, 
not true. And this is my co-host, Connor Theodore Kilpatrick, which I also know to not be true. Hello. <laughs> you know what's funny is I know what your middle initial is, but I cannot for the life of me think of what the name is now. And you don't have to say because otherwise they're all going to try to crack your passwords. That's right. My, all my passwords <laughs> are just my middle name. Well, no, but every little bit of information I feel like every time I say anything – more personal than what I say. I think, well, that's it. Somebody's going to hack me now. <laughs> that's not unreasonable. No. Like, you know, my mailbox is white, you know. <laughs> that, that's whatever middle thing, you know. Like, well, my house has four bedrooms. Oh, well, that's more information. You don't know. Right. You painted your rooms red? Huh? You painted your rooms red? No. No. When did I say that? You just said I have four red rooms in my house. Bedrooms. Oh, bedrooms. <laughs> I like it. You think that downstairs I have like interrogation rooms <laughs> and a, a situation room. Yeah. And no, no, bedrooms. I assume you have a situation room. It's where you just go to be by yourself. <laughs> also, you spelled your own last name wrong. Did I? Yeah, I did. I missed a letter. Yes, you did. Yeah. Nice work. We are a fanboy. And every week we read our stack of comics and one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. Judging by the last six weeks or so, I don't know how long we're going to keep doing this. I don't know that they're going to keep making comics. It seems it, like they're slowing down the operation. It was another light week. Yeah, it was weird. So we're going to talk about the pick of the week, which goes to Connor this week. We're going to talk about the other comics, the patron pick, some listener mail if we have time, and it'll be a, it'll be a rollicking good stomper. Uh, your spoiler warning is that there are spoilers, because we're going to talk about what happens in the book, so that's on you. Connor, go for it. The pick of the week was Hawkeye Freefall number three, Matthew Rosenberg, Otto Schmidt, Joseph Bina, which is funny because I was just criticizing Hawkeye and Thor, which we're going to talk about next, two weeks ago when these books came out. Actually, I don't, just to back up, it was a light week, but there was a couple of books I really liked. So I would have had no sure. problem making the pick. So it was a good, it was a good week of comics. Um, but back, Hawkeye Freefall, I read right after Thor. I loved Thor. I thought Thor might be the pick, but Hawkeye Freefall ended up doing it. Again, this is all Clint Barton character assassination. However, yeah. it's very entertaining. This had like sort of a screwball comedy vibe to it with... Hawkeye's little hacker pal constantly screwing mm -hmm. up his relationship and finally, I think, blowing it up. I also just really love Otto Schmidt. I really love his style. It's got cartooniness to it, but it, it lives in the Venn diagram between yeah. cartoony and realistic, and I really love it. No, you're right. Like, the anatomy, the perspective, you know, the, the storytelling, it's all spot on. But then sort of the, the facial expressions, you know, there's just that element of looseness and... Yeah. And humor. But, you know, you can go the other way. If you look at the last page, it's great. you know, that's all gone. Yeah. Everything has weight. You're right. He's a damn good artist. He's really good. He's one of my favorite new people to come around in a while. <laughs> He's probably like, I've been drawing for 15 years. <laughs> Sorry, Otto. <laughs> so in this issue, we had the big cliffhanger last time was that it was revealed that Hawkeye was, in fact, also Ronan, the one committing all the crimes that people are looking for. We're told how he has a... He has a device that allows him to go forward in time an hour, which mm. you can't think about too much as with all time travel, so that he can be at two places at once for a little while. And that's how he's been robbing supervillains as Ronan, but also having an alibi as himself, which I'm fine with. It's a flippity gibbet. It's a device. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't, none <laughs> of this works anyway. I just loved the whole beginning bit with Night Nurse coming home and that blowing up in Clint's face. There's a little bit of the hood. And then I thought the stuff with Natasha was terrific. They have a great history and relationship. Yeah, that was good. And then there's another interesting cliffhanger at the end. After some more comedy in the middle with the uh, assistant and the night nurse. 
<laughs> and the return of the Hawkeye sensor face. It's funny because that you'd mentioned, you know, the character assassination of Hawkeye was the same thing. I was like, I recognize that that's very funny, but also I hate it. <laughs> like it is, it's equal measure. You know, it's like, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, you know, like, like I don't, I hate social media. It's awful. It's destroying us all, but there are good things about it. There's things that make me happy about it. And that's how I feel about this version of Hawkeye. I think I was upset that she f- broke up with him. Yeah. The night nurse broke up with him. I actually thought well, that's a good couple. Cause she's, no slouch at all. And you know, that's this sort of the character's history is that he keeps getting involved with incredibly competent women, women who are smarter and more competent than him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you're always like, why do they put up with shit? And then it, it turns out they don't, which I guess is sort of the, the ongoing story with that. They certainly shouldn't put up with those glasses. It was a, yeah, it was an unusual and interesting pairing. Yeah. Even if her bangs kept changing shape. But, yeah, I mean, plus you don't get a lot of night nurse. I don't know much about her. So it was fun to kind of have this new couple thing. And who knows, you know. Yeah. This is Clint Barton's lot in life. There was a funny bit where, in the beginning, the assistant guy's like, your girlfriend's coming over? Is it Tiger? Is it, like, he listed all the people. Like, is it, yeah. There's a whole bunch of different, you know, Avenger women that he's been dated, he's dated in the past. So Sure. And what's funny is that, like, you know, I don't. it's not good for his character, but he just kind of like, well, there's another one. You know, like, <laughs> like he's been through this. He recognizes his shortcomings, which makes him behave worse, I think. I, think I dug because that. Because he paints the room purple in his house, which is tough. It's well, hard. that and he carries around a little cardboard cutout of his face that he wears like a loincloth. Is... Or wait, you're saying that wasn't really there. Yes. Oh. Sure. <laughs> uh, so I, I did think it was funny that he stole a life model decoy of himself from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And then that That's... life model decoy fucked up his life. It's the same visual gag as the one in Jimmy Olsen. Which came from Fraction's original run on Hawkeye. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember that? This is where the, run, this is where the gag came from. Oh, I, I don't remember that, but that's fine. There was a naked fight scene, and they, had, they kept covering his bits up with Hawkeye's face. <laughs> no, that part, but no, I mean like the dead, the... Oh, the real life model decoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like, like it opens up a box, and there's a naked version of the character in there. So Fraction did that with Jimmy Olsen, right, and they right, shot right, it, right, right, and right. then there's the... Anyway... Yeah, that's fine. It's like a, that's a zeitgeist thing now. <laughs> it's a replacement body. I just thought this did a really good job of weaving in really funny scenes, but the ending was really kind of shocking and dramatic, and mm. it didn't feel jarring. The Otto Schmidt art is terrific, and again, as we talked about, there's a great cliffhanger in which another hero shows up at the end in his Netflix costume. Is that is he doing that? That's I guess what he's he wearing in his regular book right now, yeah. Remember, because he's not Daredevil. Oh, spoiler. Yeah, but he, he's Daredevil. <laughs> right. Um, I think this is great. When I see this book out, I'm really excited to see it, despite, again, how I talked about it last last mm-hmm. time. I wish they would give him a little bit of growth, and we got a little bit away from the uh, Matt Fraction characterization, but in the meantime, it's a really entertaining book, which is yeah. the weird line we walk as longtime comics readers. Well, to be fair, I would say that we have adopted a stance on these that other people should. There's too many hardliners, and we are hardline about some things, Sure, but, you know, like... You can say, I hate what they're doing with all this, but I really like this at the same time. And those things can exist in the same place. And You have to recognize the craft level. Sure. The craft level is really high. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. No, it's kind of everything you want out of a Marvel comic book. It's fun and funny and good looking and, and suspenseful and romantic. And it's, all, it's a lot of things at once. I think that's one of the things that's great about Hawkeye. always has been. Even though this character isn't exactly the same version, there's definitely not nothing of the old one it's not you know i I said this before it's not jeremy renner right you know 
and also just to, one more thing on the art is you know we've talked about this a lot in uh in an era in which a lot of artists are working on a lot of books that they maybe aren't ready for, when there's a complete package like this that looks great with yeah. it being really well written, it's, it really does stand out on the stands. Hold on to your butts for issue seven is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bill. He sent in a packet last week. It's Bill for marketing. <laughs> Bill Roseman, is he still there? <laughs> it's just a bunch of ads. <laughs> I read Thor number three right before Hawkeye, and I was like, wow, that was really great. That could be the pick of the week. You know, I'm surprised to hear you say that, not because I didn't like it. You're sort of up and down with Thor, and I was – and I, no, and we all, I all I said last time was – I mean in general. Oh, no, I wouldn't say that. Over the past few years, you know, you're, you're – you know. The only thing about that was it was a general protest against Marvel's uh, policy of getting rid of all the original heroes. That was yep. the only reason why I was down on Thor. I was down on every core Marvel book at the time. Which we'll, we'll come back around to in a, about a year with DC. We talked about last time, the only thing about Thor that was negative was I, we talked about this Donny Cates using the same group of characters in all the books he writes. Mm-hmm. And that was only, the only negative was I started to see that, not that it was necessarily executed badly. Yeah. It, but I feel like they all do that. Like they all sort of, that's the thing that started happening. I mean, it probably happened in the 60s, but really in the past 10 years or so, I almost think like Bendis sort of ushered this in at Marvel at least, where, you know, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring these sort of – they'll find B and C characters to sort of bring into the book and then they hang with those guys. So the, you know, the positive part of that is they tend to be really consistent and they you know, build some character and so you get used to them. And, and you know, to be frank, I, you know, Beta Ray Bill as a character is you – know, it's part of the canon for sure, but he's pretty much underused. He doesn't have much character that I could think of one way or the other. And so in this at least, you know, we spend time with him. Right. And then also the other added benefit is the writer – has an affection for them. If they keep bringing this sort of character back, they get treated well. It makes mm-hmm. them more interesting, I guess. I see what you're saying. We talked about it last time. Yeah. I want to have the conversation again. But this issue was basically one long fight scene between two brothers. Brady Ray Bill is sort mm-hmm. of a yeah. stepbrother to, not even stepbrother, but sort of an adopted brother to Thor. And he shows up and says, hey, what are you doing being Galactus's herald? And they fight. And it was a terrific, you know, issue-long fight scene, and I, I really am impressed with Nick Klein. I mean, I've, we've always liked him. Yeah, you're not really wrong. Good. And I thought this was an art tour de force, and it's just these two titans, you know, knocking each other around with hammers and fists, and you know, through through things, and things blow up, and and this, but it's also emotional because they are basically brothers, and uh, yeah. there's it's a lot of there's a lot of sadness behind it. Yeah, it really is. It was actually a little difficult. Just, I, I, just don't let this happen. Why are you doing this? You know, there's all sorts of reasons. And I think there's a big heavy as the crown kind of thing that's going on with Thor right now yep. as he tries to sort of work it out. And and also, if you think about, you know, his relationship with Odin forever has been fraught because Odin was always kind of a dick. And right. so we're like, well, does that mean that Thor is going to turn into a dick now? Because he has to because he's in charge. And that maybe that's it. Maybe that, you know, so that all works together. And and let's not let's not over, you know, destroying Stormbreaker is kind of a big deal. Yeah. In terms of you know how Marvel goes, and then I thought the last page was fantastic. Yeah, this is great. I actually like this Thor costume he's got going on. I don't, but it's fine. You loved the last one. I did. I like that it was closely related to what came before. Nothing beats the first one. Those damn boots are amazing. And there's a little flashback to it at the beginning, which yeah. is great because you haven't seen that in forever. If you can't use that one, I don't mind this one. There's there's a page where I was looking. I was like, oh, this isn't too bad because it's not too far off. It's sort of a mix between. Yeah. Uh, what well, came before and some new elements. It's not too yeah. far off. But it, this was just a really exciting, really well-drawn, real colored. I mean, Nick Klein and Matthew Wilson are a terrific combo here. 
again, you know, who knows how long this can be drawn by Nick Klein because it's it's an every other week book too. But in the meantime, it's great. All, all these characters are sort of like they're big. Yeah, I was actually having that exact thought. That was going to be the next point. I know that I had mentioned weight in Otto Schmidt's art, but it's even more in evidence here. It's like when Russell Crowe talked about doing Gladiator and he said he didn't want to be like super lean and fit. He wanted to be big. Yeah. Have weight to him. He wanted to have big arms and big shoulders. Like Thor and Vader and Bill are both like, I don't want to say stocky. Bulky. They're bulky. They're not muscle-bound bulky. They're just sort of like, I'm a big guy. And even Sif. Yeah. On that last page, it's actually really interesting if you look at her. If you think about how a lot of the the female characters are drawn a lot, you know, it's like the flat, almost concave stomach and the huge model, chest yeah. or whatever. And, you know, this is much more along the sort of when Wonder Woman is bad. Wonder Woman is taller, but she actually looks a little, a little, again, not stocky or squat, but just, you know, built powerful. A warrior, yeah. Yeah, and they didn't, you know, they, they her arm is covering up where her boobs would be so that you don't have that. Well, no, her boobs are right above the arm. Well, whatever, but it's not, you know what I'm talking about yeah, with no, the normal. it's not a sexy pose. It's, it's, she's. Right. She looks like a warrior, and yeah. I just, and that's awesome. And, and you know, you look how big and bulky uh, Beta Bill looks, you know, behind her. I dig it. It's, it's, it's really, you're right, really great art through the whole thing. Very Thor appropriate, too. Yeah, I don't know that Thor's totally happy with what's going on, but he also, it's, it's the thing like, I'm in charge, I see the big picture, you don't see it, chill out. Okay, you're not chilling out, I still have to do this, so we're going to have to fight because you won't let up. It was a good story and a good fight. Yeah. So this is a good week for me when Thor and Hawkeye come out because they're both terrific. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, uh, that's kind of cool. Next up, Alienated number one. I think we talked a little about trying new stuff out last week, um, and, and we do. And, and you had mentioned you were going to try. This is from uh, Boom Studios, written by Simon Spurrier, uh, with pencils by Chris Wild Goose, which, you know, watch out Wade Von Grawbadger. You've got. <laughs> I saw this on the list for Boom, and Chris Wild Goose's art was the draw. Mm-hmm. I think he's terrific. He's done some. He did, the last thing I read by him was, I think it was a YA DC book. He's a terrific cartoonist. I saw the premise. I thought that might be interesting, so I gave it a shot. This is the story of three teenagers, all of whom are named Sam, Sam. in some way. Samuel, Samantha, Samantha Samuel, and Samir. Yep. Who, on their way to school, walking not together, but in the same vicinity, because they're all sort of loners or lonely, discover an alien artifact, which they touch, and it links them all psychically. Mm-hmm. And then there's a there's another character who's kind of the dick of the school who ends up getting Leon. Involved. I thought this was interesting. I I liked I, I love the art. I love Chris Wild Goose, but yep. I think the downside for me was it felt a little inauthentic in terms of teenagers. And I'm not an expert on teenagers well, how they uh, speak, but it felt a little like middle aged guy writing teenagers. Also British. Yeah. And I was actually why I was like this is this has to be in America. So you've got. Yes, a British guy. I don't know how old he is. He's, I'm sure I'm positive he's younger than us, you know. And he's he's doing this thing, and it did feel a little. Um, what's the what's the word I want to say? Like the the kids were not terribly nuanced, and they were very smart and introspective. And that's not saying that kids can't yeah. be smart and introspective, but it's just like they were having discussions about their feelings and about their issues. And I was like, this is these these kids sound like they've all been through years of therapy. You know what? If I was to counter that, though, I would say that... This isn't unusual, though, in fiction. No, but also, a lot of that was actually inner monologue. So it's stuff that they were thinking about, which they which they may not necessarily voice or be able to voice, but in this context, mm-hmm. like you've got somebody else there on your inner thoughts, things that you might not say, things that 
if you were to say them out loud, they wouldn't come out the same way. Like I can kind of get that. Mm-hmm. Although they were talking at each other that way. Whatever. You know, the people in fiction are you – know, I know what you're saying. It, it wasn't a deal breaker. I just thought – Yeah, you're not wrong. And then I read Hawkeye like soon after and Hawkeye, even though they're not young characters, feels more like authentically young. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, it wasn't a huge problem. So okay, I was like, oh, what's your rating? But I, I went back and forth with this is that I kind of liked it and then I was kind of like, yeah, and then I, I – like – there were things to like in here. I'm not a giant size Spurrier fan, but I feel like he is one of those guys who I've, I've seen around a lot for quite a few years now, and he's getting better. Reminds me a lot of Kieran Gillen in that way, mm-hmm. where at first what he was doing was really esoteric and kind of you had to work to sort of get it, and it kind of wasn't worth the work. Right. But over the years, you know, his style got chiseled down and he became more clear. You know, in the same way that Kieran, you know, he'll do, he does, you know, some Marvel stuff. He's done. DC stuff he's getting better at. He's getting a bit to be a better comic writer so he could focus those ideas that he has a, a little more. And I thought that was on pretty good display here. It's, it is really something to say that I know all the characters' names. Right. I know these are the three names, but I remembered what they each were. I remembered the guy was Leon. That never happens with us. And I thought, well, then you're doing something right there. And by making the characters so clear, like they really hammered down on who Samir was and how he acts. So you know, although it wasn't super clear to me that he was gay. Like, they didn't say it. They mm. hinted at it a lot. And so by the end, but that's also possible that I missed a thing. Uh, you know what it was? Everybody was a stereotype to a certain extent. Mm. Like, the Leon kid is a stereotype so that you can get a hold of what's going on. Right. And then later you can sort of reveal layers to them. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what was happening here. I didn't love it, but I liked it enough. I think the premise is interesting mm-hmm. to have these three characters who are clearly disaffected from their lives. You know, the one kid is doing conspiracy YouTube videos. The other girl is just once out of there because she just her life will be better once she gets to college. And that's a very common you sure. know, feeling. Also, a thousand percent true if you're that person. Absolutely. And then Samir, who's outwardly one way but inwardly another. And now they're all in each other's heads. I almost don't even need the ending with the little alien being showing up. You know, the I think the the, yeah. the setup is interesting enough. If you, I mean, I get it. It's got to be a sci-fi book. You can't just do a another. And kind I of actually book. didn't have a problem with the sci-fi element of linking them together. No, no, that's what way. I mean. I think that that part's it's almost like the greatest American hero, where like the yeah. the alien shows up, gives him the powers, and leaves. Yeah, and the story's about what happens next. Like I don't need the alien necessarily to be around, but I get it. I guess the other I don't know if it's a criticism, but what I did think is like, boy, they got used to this awful quick. Yeah. Yeah, but again, that just gets you where you're going, and I and I understand there's an economy that needs to take place in this stuff, and it's not real life, and I don't want to spend forever watching them be upset about it. They're going to accept it eventually. We're reading a story, let them accept it, and we'll move on with the thing. Also, this is terrifying. <laughs> it's really scary. I know that I've said I don't like horror books. This is horrific. Somebody being in your head. Two people, but yeah, really, like hearing your thoughts and you hearing their thoughts. Oh God! I mean, just think about all the things that you think during the day just passing things you're like well i'm awful and then it go, you know and you're not it's not something you would act on but you can't control what your subconscious does and so somebody's you know listening to you and judging you know based on that and it's like the most vulnerable you could possibly be as terrifying so I'm, I'm gonna read more yeah i'll give it a couple at least to see if they if the premise is explored in an interesting way but i did i did like it it does help the cartooning was great i thought it was great there were bits where they were switching between the people like at the end of the page, mm-hmm. like they introduced Samantha and Samuel at the end right. of their introduction. And I found that it was like, who am I looking at? I figured it out, mm-hmm. but it, it was, there's just some mechanical things that I thought could have been a little bit better. But 
again, that's compared to what's the sort of stuff that Siberia used to do. It's still pretty clear. And I think they got it all together. So it's not a big complaint, but it was just an interesting way to do things. Did you think that the prank YouTuber they were all watching, did you think the prank was kind of stupid? I thought it was overblown. Yeah. Wouldn't do that and you wouldn't videotape it and you wouldn't put it like it's it was too much. That said, my son watches horrific, horrible YouTube videos. Oh, no, I'm just saying like the payoff of it was kind of like, that's it. Yeah, no. But but the thing that strikes me is that like some of them are very, very wealthy and they can pull off things that are of a bigger magnitude than you would think possible. Oh, no, I I definitely know that. But yeah, I I, I, I just thought the payoff of the prank was like, that's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't understand at all. It's stupid. Yeah. Even though I do. Let's talk about Superman Heroes, number one. Bendis and Fraction and Rucka with a bunch of artists and colorists and letterers. You know what's funny is that this book, I was like, DC doesn't do a book like this. Marvel does books like this. And I looked at all the guys and I was like, yeah, it's a Marvel book. <laughs> so you've got Kevin McGuire, Mike Perkins, Mike Perkins, Steve Mike Lieber, Perkins. Mike Norton, and Scott Godlewski doing an issue in which we look at some of the other people's reaction to Superman revealing himself, which is supposedly the idea of the book, but then it opens up with the Superman flashback and there's more Superman. And then we find, it's like forever until we finally get to other characters in the book. Mm-hmm. It was 10 pages in before we see anybody else. My feelings on this are very much along the lines of what we talked about before is that it's interesting right now, but I'm on team Batman that this is a terrible idea. I got to say, yes, I really liked what they did with Batman Mm-hmm. Though with Diana, just keep like, yeah, but what is it? You know, and then he finally sort of comes out with it and it's, you know, it's envy yeah. and it's not envy of his power, but what the power affords him. Mm-hmm. And you've got a person here who, you know, in any other context, he's billionaire. He can do everything, you know, but he's not that person. So he doesn't get that sort of freedom that goes along with it because of his drive to do. I, I thought that was a very different Bruce Wayne scene, but also didn't feel like it was out of character. Mm-hmm. So I liked that bit. You've ruined Kevin Maguire for me completely. Why? I don't know. You because you used to love him, and now you're like, well, every time he shows up, it's got this sort of problem, and that's all I can see. There's that first sort of spread of the first two page spread is awful. It's awful. He looks like he's got a goiter. It's the coloring, 100. percent There's a uh, one, two, three, four colors in this book, and I, I really. It changes depending on who's coloring because I cannot believe that the person who colored that two-page spread of Superman flying is the same one that colored the page of the Justice League because it's a totally different color scheme. It's not nearly mm-hmm. as awful. But it's the same thing we talked about on our Booksplode mm-hmm. where you overcolor someone who needs a flatter color style. Yeah. And he needs a flatter color style. Let's talk again about another two-page spread of the Justice League, shall we? Mm-hmm. So Superman flies to the Hall of Justice to tell them. It's, it's, I guess it's the same scene as before, although there's no table now. Do you think there's that many of those people there normally? In, like if you walk in on a given day, or is, is there like 35 superheroes hanging out? According to the old Tim vs. Cartoon show, yes. But I believe here he says, I called all the Justice League together. Got so it. He put the call in and they came. I love that some artists just say fuck it. And you've got classic Flash costume. Mm-hmm. You have classic Satana costume, who has not looked like that since New 52, which is now nine years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like all over the place once again in terms of how people look. And then, as you noted to me in a text message, fucking Harley Quinn. And also Duke is there. At least they put her in the back this time, and she wasn't in the classic Bendis testimonial grid. At least. 
I think it's funny that she's in the back along with Simon. Is it Simon, the other Green Lantern? Because he has been totally put to the back. Now it's Jessica Cruz is up in the front with Jon Stewart. Her partner has been hardly anywhere, and so now he's in the back with Harley Quinn. But who is the woman next to Flash? The blonde woman who looks like she's wearing Flash pants behind Robin. Who's the kid? I think that's the Dial H for Hero kid. Does she have her um, hand on the Justice League? I don't know. I don't know. She either has her hand on the Flash's arm or she's about to ask a question. (laughs) Point of order. (laughs) Point of order. And then you've got the Booster Gold leaning on Blue Beetle over in the corner, which, you know, if anybody's allowed to sort of make that, it's Kevin McGuire, and I'm fine with that. What happened to Booster Gold after Heroes in Crisis? I don't even remember. I don't know. You you can just ignore it. (laughs) I am. It's fine. That story was fun to read. Just, you know, move it away from everything. He's hanging out in Machu Picchu, which is... (laughs) It's, by the way, the most fun place name to say in the history of time, mm-hmm. Machu Picchu. And I like that. What is it? It's only two pages, I think. Three pages. Of the heads? No, Booster Gold and Superman. That's sort of oh, the next yeah. bit. Yeah. He just yells out Clark Kent like Ricola. It's only two pages. You know, that hit me. Like, I for, you forget he knows everything. He's from the future. The implications of this is, is, is bad. It's all bad. I know. I understand. I didn't really. I like the idea behind the thing with the teacher. Yeah. But I didn't really buy it. It was a lot of pages for a thing like, you really helped me. And I have teachers like that that I feel that way. But it sounded like he put him up like right next to the reason I'm here is because of you. You know, like, no, he's not Pockhand. It's not the same thing. Right. I did like the bit where he got a C plus or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, that was interesting. Yeah. Let's see. Isn't the name of McKay the same name of the character in Kingdom Come? I don't know. I feel like it is. And, that, and he looks just like him. So I was very confused for a second. I thought it was the old man from Kingdom Come. This was entertaining. The God, mm-hmm. Godlewski art and that was good. And there's the Jimmy Olsen scene with Steve Lieber, which was good. Which that was, was good. really good. But also, I don't buy that Jimmy knew the whole time. Like, I just, I'm not, I'm not buying any of this. I agree with what you just said, but I did think it was very good cartoon. I mean, like, I don't, who else can draw the passive aggressive? I'm fine. For like six pages mm-hmm. and not have that suck. Yeah. And also, Superman is always the high-status character in any scene. And he really wants Jimmy's approval here. Yes. You know, and he's like, so we're good? We all right? Like, he really cares. And that is so human. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's sort of the value of Jimmy Olsen, I think. Yeah. So that was really good. Uh, again, all of these things are entertaining in their own yes. bubble. But I just don't, I don't buy it. And I think it's all bad. <laughs> so did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Again, because it's entertaining, but like just the implications of it. I like secret identities. Mm-hmm. I think they're yeah. important. I don't think this is a good idea. There was another issue this week, Superman, which also dealt with the fallout of this from the rival paper's perspective. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a good idea. Uh, uh, the end of that, I was like, Lana Lang? Come on. That's not, she's, no. I'm not, I don't even want to talk about the issue or anything, yeah. but I, I, I really, I just, I don't like that. Yeah, you're right. It overshadows everything. As we've seen, and that maybe that's part of the story they want to tell is that, you know, he can't do anything because everyone wants to talk to him about his secret identity or his, his real life. You know, devil's advocate, if I'm saying, well, how can I update these characters? How can I feel like I'm making them relevant again? How can I not keep doing the same things over again? Then you shift the status quo. And obviously, if you're, you know, a longtime reader and you had no problem with the status quo, then it doesn't feel good. I don't know. Like, they're trying to do something. No, I understand why. Nobody wants to write these characters anymore, apparently. Right. The first go-to thing for all these writers is to get rid of either the identity or change who it is behind the mask or something. 
Well, I'll tell you what nobody seems to have figured out is they keep having them fight the same villain over and over and over and over again. So the end of this whole thing is, oh, we're going against Lex. Like, Batman cannot get away from Joker. Like, they should put a moratorium on these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, well, maybe not Lex Luthor. I think Lex Luthor is sort of part of the whole thing. Is sort of It's almost like a supporting character than a villain. I like yeah. him better when he's like that. Yeah. It, which is sort of how he is in, in the Jimmy Olsen book. Right. You know, he's, he's part of the cast. He's there, but he's not the main focus. Right. But I really feel like they're always, always going up against their arch enemy mm-hmm. in everything. You know, like, if you think about it, you've got Kingpin is in every book. Galactus is in every book. Norman Osborn's in Dr. most Doom. of the book. Doctor Doom is in every book. Like, it's all focused on the big villains. And it feels like it's all set up for, like, whatever the next movie is. They're going to make sure they have that character in it. Right. But it's all superstar. You're never going to the bench. The bench is deep. And it's, yeah. And the superstar is boring. Because we've seen it so much, it has no. Re- that last page doesn't mean anything anymore. Right, and it's the same thing they did with Doomsday. You know, for a while every, he would show up every mm-hmm. couple of years, and it's just like, well, I don't care anymore. Yeah, you stuck with Marvel's X, which I did not. I did. Yeah, I, and I know you didn't really dig it. No, I was. I thought it was fine. I thought I might stick with it if I liked it. But I also liked it as a one yeah. sort of issue story that was fine. This is a little more into the world that we go. Uh, into I enjoyed it just straight up. I think the art was actually really good again. Yeah. This is an, an Elseworlds kind of deal, basically. The whole world has gotten superpowers, and it's sort of it's fucked everything up. It's the prelude to Earth-X. Yeah, and the kid gets picked up by a trucker, and we're like, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Would you like to make a guess who that oh, guy the is? the guy with the flame tattoos. Yeah, right. so that's a clue. Is it like Damien Helmstrom or something? He's Ghost Rider. Oh, all right. That's less so they start to go through the Lincoln Tunnel... And he's like, it's going to be bad in here. And no matter what you do, don't get out of the truck. You'll be completely safe. But it's going to be bad in here. And it is. And then he turns into Ghost Rider and the thing, you know, the truck goes. But then the kid's like, fuck this. And he bolts because he doesn't really know who Ghost Rider is. Right. And then Daredevil goes to is sort of, basically, I think Ghost Rider calls. He calls out. He goes, hey, ears. And so that's like mysterious. You know who he's talking to. And you find out that it's, it's Daredevil. Keep an eye on this kid. He's a good kid or whatever. So you find out that Daredevil gets Spider-Man to go sort of pick him up and take care of him. And Spider-Man is destroyed. He's like a wrecked, not version, you know, Peter Parker after he's lost his hope. He's got a daughter. He's got May Parker. Yeah, but that was from Earth-X. Yeah. yeah, Mary Jane's dead. And he's just, you know, and Daredevil's trying to convince him to, you know, keep doing the right thing again and, and sort of get him back. So it, you you're know, enjoying it. Because one of the things we talked about, I am. With the not loving Earth-X... Except for the I don't art. remember Earth X. The only thing I remember from Earth X was the Jean Paul Leon art. Right. I do know that that was a long time ago and I was a different reader. Yeah. And so if I don't, if I just read this on its own, like it's a, you know, so far it's a interesting little Elseworldsy kind of tale of, you know, how the world could have gone or whatever. All right. Maybe I'll look at it again. Yeah. I, I liked it. All right. Fine. Don't twist my arm. <laughs> it's not, it's not, you know, it's not beating sliced bread, but. <laughs> I learned it from watching you, Josh. <laughs> oh. People, I hear it a lot, but I'm like, people can't possibly remember remember that. <laughs> Parents who do drugs have children who do drugs. I guess, and then you got Richie Cook smashing eggs with a with a frying that pan. Was a different reaction I had to that. Before she runs over a kid, it's a whole thing. Now when everyone cracks eggs, I get really aroused. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I want to thank the patrons who help support this show and the stuff we do over at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. You can go be part of that. I feel like we keep talking about this stretch. Maybe we should change the stretch goal. Maybe you don't want this stretch goal. Is that it? You don't want it? Fine. But actually what it is, is if uh, the next stretch goal is we're going to add a uh, monthly non-comics media podcast 
through the era that the goal is met. And then if you don't keep meeting, we won't keep doing it. There it is. You got to have consequences. Yeah. And we will do our best to upload as many of the missing full-length shows and minis from our old video show days to our YouTube channel and re-embed them on the website. And I listen, I'm trying not to think about what it would be like if we had done the video show a few years later. When YouTube era? I think yeah. what we should do is the new stretch goal should be you will do unhinged conspiracy videos on YouTube. Do I get to wear a mask and like a voice <laughs> a voice transformer? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it'll say my name. But you'll I'll, introduce yourself as Josh Flanagan, but you'll be wearing yeah, a voice. Absolutely. And have, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I have four bedrooms. My name is Josh. We're going to talk about fluoride. <laughs> you do know more than I do. <laughs> you got a, an ear to the ground. You can hit the uh, the t-shirt store where t-shirts are not the only thing available. You can go to, that's ifanboy.threadless.com. They have seven designs up there right now. I really still really love the shower curtain idea, although I don't think my family will be down for the nothing makes sense nothing matters shower curtain you should replace everything in your house possible with that and just turn it into the nihilist house wow <laughs> and then everybody's like why are we so sad i don't know <laughs> you want to clean up the dishes why it doesn't matter nothing matters it makes sense that we do it <laughs> <laughs> if all that's too much and you're like hey how can i throw a, a tip in the tip jar just a little paypal thing you can go over to ifanboy.com slash support where you can do that and then also over there is ifanboy.com slash amazon well, you'll find links to buy the books that we talk about in Booksplodes. There's always going to be a link to the Pick of the Week comic in our post for this show. And, of course, there's a general link over to Amazon. And let's get back to comics. You may have heard there was a movie that came out called Birds of Prey that bombed the box office. There's a battalion book, of obviously, called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Book one is from Black Label. And I was going to ignore it like I did the movie, but I saw it was Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor writing it, and Amanda Connor was drawing it. That's not nothing. I thought, well, that is not nothing. So I read it, and it was really fun. It's Black Label, so it's not in continuity. It's sort of in Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor's continuity from when they wrote Harley Quinn, but it's also sort of not. So it's very recognizable as that era of DC, but it's also Black Label, so there's lots of cursing, and there's some naked, a lot of naked people, but not nudity, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got it. In this issue, a bunch of thugs beat up her buddy who was from the old book that was running her building and so she's going to exact revenge on these people who hurt him and along the way she runs into power girl which jimmy palmiani and amanda connor worked on and the birds of prey gather sort of by accident superman makes an appearance honestly this was a lot of this was a lot of fun this was probably up there for pick of the week can i say and and you're not gonna like this yeah but i have seen so many mixed reviews on that movie yeah that I can't figure out if it's like an unexpected delight or a complete mess or that I think that maybe that depends on what you're expecting and what you want. And, have, and I am super curious to find out if you'd actually like it or not. Me? Yeah. Well, we can wait for the home video no, release. I know. I don't even – I don't want to – I don't think you have to do a show about it or anything. But now I'm just curious like maybe like – you know, because some movies they market in a certain way and, and it's completely different from what it is. And I don't know. I don't want to watch it. I did the same thing with Suicide Squad. I watched it when it came right. out on Netflix. And, and it, it lived up to your expectations, which it, were not it, good. it exceeded them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll find out. I, I think and we'll find I out felt eventually. the same way about Aquaman, which you enjoyed a, a yeah. great deal more than I did. But I, I hated it. Right. And I, but I was like, boy, all these people seem to like it. So maybe, maybe I'm, I'm wrong about it. And all of that's subjective. So anyway, if you are interested, Amanda Connor never really does interiors, and this is a black label, so this is oversized, three issues, so she's doing like a hell of a lot of interiors here. And it's a lot of fun. Neither Josh nor I like Harley Quinn as hero, but she's not really 
at least in this issue, not really hero. It's, it's that weird gray area she lives in, which is not great. But this is, you know, it's black labeled. So it's out of continuity. It's fun. The art team is terrific. It's funny. It's a very funny book. That's fair enough. Yeah. Hey, did you think that maybe after, however, 80 years of Alfred being the father figure to Batman and team mother and all these things he's been doing for 80 years, that he would get the proper send-off at DC? No, he, he wouldn't. He would get a very mediocre one-shot issue in which the Bat family comes together to ostensibly to mourn Alfred, but really to just bicker amongst each other because that's all they do now. I saw it and I thought, oh, poor Connor. He's going to have to <laughs> feel the need to read this. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the A-team. It's not bad. Some you of the artists are. Timian IV and Tomasi, and then you've got Eddie Burrows, Aber Ferreira, Chris Burnham, Marcio Takara, Diogenes Neves, David Lafuente, Sumit Kumar. And, you know, they're all fine. Some of them are better than others. You know, obviously the stand-up sequences, the Burnham sequence with Damien. Each of the main kids gets a sequence here where they, they remember something that Alfred did for them. Mm-hmm. And some of them work better than others. Jason's wearing, for some reason, 90s round sunglasses like Superboy, although I guess the 90s are back, so it makes sense, uh, fashion-wise anyway. Doesn't mean it's okay. No, it's definitely not okay, but it's none of it's okay. <laughs> and then David LaFuente does the sequence with Barbara. Those are the two standout art sequences. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, your thing. You just don't, you don't like it when the heroes just are angry with each other, and it's the same thing here. It's like everyone hates Bruce. It's, it's stupid. They're all yelling at each other. No, what you want to read is the family against the world. Right. And they don't tend to get there, like, Part of that is why, like, that's the fantasy is that you've got a crew, right? And they support you, and it, and everybody comes after you, and you've got your people. There can be tension, or there can be stuff that goes up in there, but this is all it is. And despite the fact that in his regular book, Dick Grayson has gotten his memories back, here he's still Rick Grayson, and there's this editor's note saying it takes place before that, and that's fine. But it's like, okay. At Alfred's funeral, you got this asshole named Rick who's like, I don't remember any of this shit, but I feel like I should be here. I don't know any of you, and it's just like, ugh. If there's any character that needs to be himself, you know, like you, it should be Dick Grayson. We've just, again, we were just talking about this in the in the book explode. You know, he's the he's the heart of the thing. He's the guy that he's going to give you a chance to have a a most genuine moment. And to their credit, they do say at one point, I feel like I would have been the one who would have said the right thing and made everyone okay. Uh It's like, well, don't tell. I mean, you're not just twisting it. You're just twisting the knives. Yeah. So. I don't disagree. That feels like a waste. It is. A it, well, also, though, it also lends credence, and which is actually somewhat helpful, I think, in a way that this is bullshit. It's all bullshit. You know, if they made it really good, then it would feel less like bullshit, and then you wouldn't feel justified in thinking it was bullshit. Right. But it's bullshit. They wrecked it. They wrecked it. They had the cure for yeah. cancer, and they lost it. They wrecked the buffet <laughs> at the Harrow Club this morning. They did all these things. <laughs> We will refer to this <laughs> tiny bit of the movie Medicine Man until the day we die. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think it was worth seeing or remembering, but he had the cure for cancer and he lost it. And since then, I don't think it, it's, it's odd that nobody's found it, but still. <laughs> Dollhouse Family, number four. I'm still reading. Is this four? It is four. It's wrong in the script. It's four, not okay. three. I really enjoy the modern day stuff uh-huh. a lot. The demony stuff, flashbacky stuff, I don't know into. I don't mind it because it is sort of a time and place that I think is kind of interesting, and it's not so overwhelming. But I, I like the idea. You know, they're telling the backstory at the same time. This is the parallels for how do we get sure. there? Like you got a little, uh, a little more about Cordwainer that I did not understand before. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! 
I'm looking at the cover now. In addition to Joe Hillhouse comics, now it says Black Label, DC Black Label on it. Did it always Isn't, say that? I feel like the Joe Hill comics are a, a subdivision of. Well, I can tell you right now. Let's see. Last issue, we had the bomb go off in the bus with the mother and the daughter, and so this issue was the fallout of that. She's lost a leg. The daughter's lost an arm. That yeah, and those are like real consequences. Yeah. Again, like anytime, you know. If you're doing the thing that is not the sort of ongoing comic book, you can have real consequences. And Carrie's been really good at that with his sort of limited series. It is always said black, black label, label okay. Joe. Hill. Yeah. What's what great was that the dollhouse shows up and says, "Hey, to the mother, we'll give you your daughter's arm back, but you have to come live in the house." Right. And so then she's like, "Fuck that," and she leaves. And then the daughter, being a kid, being stupid as all kids are, mm-hmm. apparently agrees to the deal because the mother, in the middle of sex with the random guy she had the kid with in college, uh huh, the leg comes back. I like that that guy came back and he was a good guy. Yeah. That really worked. I liked how absolutely angry the mom was after, you know, and then they actually talked about it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was all very realistic. I liked, I don't know a like, but I was freaked out by the fact that her bully was still in the house. And I was like, fuck, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. No, this is good. This is legitimately it was, good. It was really good. I'm excited when I see that this book is coming out. And we don't um, like horror ten generally, and this is yeah. good, this is good horror. It's so psychological. It's not about gore. It's not about you know. It's terror, especially from a parent's point of view. I'd imagine. Yes, it's personal day. terror. It's personal terror. Green Lantern season two, number one, the newly shortened season two, originally solicited as twelve issues, and now reduced to eight. I think I'm okay with that. I like this as a reset because I think the book got too weird and that last mm-hmm. miniseries of the Black Stars didn't do anything for me. But here, you know, we're sort of resetting the table where the Guardians have left to go to the next plane. So they've got to find new Guardians at the pl- in the planet they come from. So Hal is set to do that. And then the whole issue he's talking about – not the whole issue, but it's been coming up where he doesn't want to go back to Earth anymore. He likes being out in space and here John Stewart – and Jessica Cruz tried to get him to come back to Earth, at least to come visit, and he won't do it. And then at the end, he, of course, gets reassigned by the new Guardians to Earth. And so he has to go back. I, I He's think that's interesting. This also introduced a new concept with, which we've never had before, which is sexy Guardians. That's not a thing that happens a lot, but <laughs> there, here we are. Like, there's only one Guardian left, which is kind of sexy. But also the new ring, which can shrink people and devolve them. I don't know about that. That's a major shift in the Greenland. Well... And of course, Scram Morrison. It, it's also not going to show up anywhere else. No, and that's fine. I'm just continually impressed by Liam Sharp and how much, I don't say effort because everyone puts an effort, but how much goes into each page here. It yeah. really feels lived in and tactile, and it feels like they don't skimp on anything, and it does not look like any other comic book. No, and not everybody can get away with what he's doing either because – you know, that sort of level of detail can be lost. It's, detail's a, not even the right thing. It's texture. There's, there's a texture yeah. to everything. There's a, every time he draws a cityscape or something sort of huge, it's always it's sort of always mind-blowing. There's just one tiny panel in this where you see Oa from overhead. Mm-hmm. Very small part of the page, but I was, I was like, wow, that's good. And I was looking at it, and I couldn't even make out the bits of it, but it works as a drawing on its own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it, it, you know, I don't know, it's comic book impressionism or something, but it's super impressive for sure. And there's a lot of imagination going on. And I don't always enjoy it, but I'm very impressed by it. The crystal guy, you know, yep. the way that it referred to himself and how he works. It was sci-fi and funny and kind of weird. And You can totally jump on here. It's a number one. It's a resetting oh, yeah. of the concept. You don't need to know anything that from the backstory is, is mentioned here. 
and he's going to Earth. So I loved the shot of him hitchhiking. It's like, here's Sad Sack Isle again. So <laughs> Here he goes. I'm looking forward to the, the final eight issues of this series before it all gets blown up. Those are the books we want to talk about. Fanboy.com is where you can talk about them. And uh, Patreon.com slash iFanboy is where you can go become a patron and vote to add a book to the rundown. This week we had three-way race. And <laughs> the winner in the last moment was The Terrifics number 25 from Gene Yang and Dan Mora. Gene Yang! Gene Lu and Yang, terrific writer. I'm kind of surprised it's still going on. I'd read probably the first 10 issues of this book and then finally stopped reading it. It's the book that Jeff Lemire started. It was one of those ill-fated books from that line of comics that was supposed to focus on the artist mm-hmm. when DC was sticking their thumb in Marvel's eye, which was so stupid, stupid, stupid. I wanted to like that book. I think I read the first issue and I was like, I'm not interested in this at all. I'm still you waiting. Also, for I think the artist was Ivan Reese. And you don't know, you're not an Ivan Reese fan, so I yeah, can yeah. see why that. This is DC's Fantastic Four with Mr. Terrific in the Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic role, Plastic Man in the stretchy role, and you have uh, Phantom Lady and this woman, and then you have Metamorpho as the Thing character. Mm-hmm. It's sort of their Fantastic Four. And this issue was a Choose Your Own Adventure comic. Yes, it was. Did you do it? Did you make it to the end? Did you find the I proper did. path? I did. I was not entirely thrilled when I started reading this at about 12.45 last night. <laughs> well, I'll just... I'll just knock this one out. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I was very excited to see Gene Yang's name on the front for uh-huh. sure. Yeah. All right. That's great. But then and, and then I was like, all right, well, let's see how this works. And uh, it's not super fun on the digital reader. No, it's, it's uh, also it's not. because the pages do not correspond to the page numbers on the page. Right. Which is sort of annoying. And there was a couple of times where I was like, I feel like I've done everything. But I can't find I, – I don't know how to get to the end of the story. It was like losing a video game over and over again. Yeah, you had to go – there's four paths you could take for each character. And then those also – You had to uh, go – ultimately you had to go through Phantom Lady's path, a Phantom Girl's path. But you had to go down Mr. Terrific's path to get a clue to help you make the right decision for, on Phantom Girl's path. Because at one point you hit a place where you hit choose between four things. And you had to either accidentally choose the right one or Miss Terrific's path gives you the clue to pick the right thing. And then it took me a while. But also that's not how Choose Your Own Adventure works. Choose Your Own Adventure works where some of the stories end sooner, but some of them have different endings. And this was really like you have to choose the right thing or you have to start over. So here's my full sort of opinion on it is that it was incredibly well done from a mechanical standpoint Mm -hmm. and thought out and really interesting and novel and it wasn't that good. <laughs> Meaning that, like, uh, you know, you didn't have time to be with the characters and sort of learn anything about them. It was all about the the mechanisms. Yeah, that's a gimmick. More but... than it was about the story. You know, if I haven't read a book before, or, you know, really, or not keeping up with it, then, like, I want to have a chance to be wowed by the by the characters, by the interactions, the team book or whatever. And that, that just wasn't evident. And I thought, you know, when I saw... Uh, I like these characters. I like Gene Yang. When I saw it on the cover, I was like, oh, awesome. Like, I want to see what he does with them. And it was not that. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of like the continually, you know, stories concluded, start again on two. It's just like it was that for 20 minutes. And I was like, Ugh. two things. One, cover is not at all relevant to the story. The cover features all the characters in the DC universe. I thought they'd all show up at some point, but it didn't happen. And Dan Mora, the artist, is terrific. I, I think, like Otto Schmidt, he is one of the more exciting newer artist he's not new new but he is somewhat new to dc and marvel that type of work and i think he's terrific he used to draw a lot of stuff at boom that we liked Mm -hmm. 
much like Otto Schmidt, you know, he doesn't skimp on stuff, and he's got a sort of a slightly cartoony style, but still realistic. It's a look I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. They colored really well here, too. Yeah. It's, it's Ivan Placencia. Yeah. It was the right palette for this, for sure. I mean, I, I had fun. I had fun with it. I had fun with it. It was impressive. Yeah. I wouldn't want to read this all the time or ever again, maybe, but <laughs> it, it was it was a fun experiment, and I was impressed by the the amount of thought that had to go into it. And Yes. And it's not something I'd seen before in a comic like this. So I thought it was novel. Let's do ratings. Ratings. I'm going to give it four out of five. I feel like you're in the two range. <sighs> I mean, there's really two sort of paths here. I mean, there's an it's an A for effort, mm-hmm. for sure. But did it connect with me on a sort of level that I want? No. Mm-hmm. 2.75. Okay. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go and you can vote to add a book to the rundown. And anyone who's a patron can do that. But if you're a patron at the $5 or higher level, you can get your own superpower live on the show, as these four are about to. It's, gonna, it's one of those weeks that I just realized, I was like, oh, I have to do patron powers. So yeah. that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Brian Morgan, in his head, resides a full game guide and cheat sheet to every video game ever. Don't know how it's there, but but anyone who knows the feeling of endlessly not being able to get past a certain point mm-hmm. would appreciate something like that. Oh, no, you got to look. It's hidden. It's around the corner. Goddamn Easter eggs. How are you supposed to find those right. if you don't know? I don't understand. You know, not a problem for Brian or, you know, if you're lucky enough to be one of Brian's friends. Right. Uh-huh. That's what he does. Any platform? Any? He's a universal gamer guide. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. James Fletcher can hold the piece of paper and micro-shred it. Mm. So you hand him a piece of paper and he, it, it'll just be micro-shredded. Hmm. That seems useful. Yeah. On the other hand, we have a shredder upstairs. Uh-huh. I haven't fired that bastard up in a while. It's very satisfying. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's loud. Mm. And I'm always like, oh, I'll just throw it away and take my chances. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, the fact is, I would say once a year I have to get a new debit card because some huge corporation has lost it. So they're not looking for me. They're going for the big score. James Fletcher can also shred credit cards. That's nice. Yeah. That's the one like you're like, I'm not using this card anymore and just sits on my desk for three years. <laughs> Literally, the machine is eight feet away. I just got to plug it in. <laughs> wow, that's a new low, Josh. Well, there's a lot going on. You got to prioritize. Yeah. Philip Knight Scott has the ability to turn any cardboard tube into an actual effective sword. Like mage. Sort of, but it's not a magic base. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's still shaped. That's true. It's still shaped, you know, like a cardboard tube. It doesn't glow or anything, but it, it, the way that it acts is like a full-on sort of metal-edged sword mm-hmm. in that way, which, you know, awesome to take on planes if you need a sword. I mean, like, he's a good guy, so you don't have to... Yeah. Or when he arrives at his destination, he can just go to a dollar store and get some cheap gift wrap. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's a sword. Westbourne East Bread. Yeah, yeah. So you know how the and people tend to communicate with GIFs or GIFs? Uh, it's GIF. Yeah. Sure. It is not GIF. Not according to the person who created them. Listen, I've seen memes saying both things. Westbourne East Bread turns into the he, – he turns into that – or she, or they turn into the into the GIF to respond to something. So if you say something and they they want to post the Picard holding his head face, 
Mm-hmm. He he actually she they turn into the Picard for a second. It's like does it's the like, background it's, also exist in that instance? No, just the, the actual. Okay, it's almost like the next evolutionary step in which we were we speak only in these in these images. He becomes the image, or she, or they to communicate. That's good. I like that. Can we take a moment? Yeah. Can we talk about gifts for a moment? We can. Just a moment. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I know that I'm a grumpy old man who hates things that are new and different, yeah. and I love them. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan because my head is unfortunately a repository for a billion responses that all have to do with movies and television programs, which I've watched. Right. And for a long time, you'd have to say it, and then sometimes you'd have to explain it, which is not good. And then for a little while, you could do it with YouTube. This is a shortcut to that. Oh, no. I, we use them all the time in our iFanboys. Yes. Track. However, I actually wrote this on the social media earlier this week. I have no problems with millennials as a group. But their database of references is is, is it's sorely lacking. It's shallow. It is. It does not have many of the touch points that I r- need. And the ones that do go back far enough, say your 70s movies, your whatever, it's always the most obvious one. When you talk about Jaws, somebody says, need a bigger boat. So that's the only thing there where there are a million little bits from that that I want to use and I can't ever find it. Sounds like you should be uploading stuff to, to Jiffy more. Uh, it's Giffy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to stick on that. I'm not going to stick on that point. And then the other thing I would like to say, if I could go so bold, stop using the same damn ones all the time. They're cliches. It's not interesting. Homer backing into a bush is played out. Michael Jackson eating popcorn. It's over. Right. Find something else. But it seems like there's a lot, depending on who you are, you can find your thing. I will not use a GIF uh, if I do not know the source where it comes from. Hmm. Some random dude making a face. Even if that face is funny. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know who that is. I don't know what I'm supporting. I won't do it. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. <laughs> That's where you can go support the show. You just Homer backed away from my ass. <laughs> and uh, help help keep the lights on and, and get your own superpower live in the show. Let's do the quick e- They're both quick emails. Okay. Greg B. from Oakland, California. Upon reading X-Men number six this week, I'm getting that old hide your cat feeling and the characters I've been reading for over 30 years are acting like jerks. Time to send in the Avengers. What was the last comic book run or storyline you had that you dro- had to drop due to poor character betrayals? Sorry, portrayals. Betrayals and portrayals. That's a nice little bit of... It's a nice little I'm going to give you credit for that. Yeah. Similar to what you were talking about earlier with Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you would consider in this vein? It is. However, in both of the instances, in the main, the good ones. So we'll talk about Fraction Aja. And in this new one, this this Matthew Rosenberg and uh, Otto Schmidt version, it's true that I didn't like the way the characters were being portrayed, but it was so good that we were like, well, it's it's still really good. It's it's worth reading in that way. And I'm trying to think of a version of, I mean, really, like it's not a comic book, but the one I am most upset about is still is Hawkeye in the movies. I hate it. Right, I but it didn't did keep it. you from seeing them. So he's asking if there's anything. You, did you ever drop something? I mean, I'm positive. I have. I'm sure a lot of. I'm sure a lot of comics I've dropped, but I don't feel super – see, the thing is I don't know that I feel super s- upset about it. I tend to drop a book for any reason. Right. You know, I'm trying to think of a specific reason where that was the case. Maybe you have an example. I mean it's tough because, you know, you, you think I would have dropped Nightwing or – I wouldn't even call dropping Thor because when they're changing characters, not the same thing as changing the portrayal of a character. Although it, I feel like that's in the same family. It's, it's adjacent. It's definitely adjacent. If there's like, I I hate to keep going back to Hawkeye, but like, if there's a book where, you know, Kate Bishop is the main character, I'm less interested in that. Especially if, no, not especially if. I'll take that back. When they swap out the main characters, when I tend to get, like, I didn't read 
hide your cat because of the portrayal. I didn't read it because I didn't like the sensibility that Nick Spencer brought to Captain America, which I guess is mm-hmm. similar in a similar vein. Well, I wasn't upset because Hydra Cap, because we all knew it wasn't really Captain America. Yes, exactly. The Captain America in it, the actual Steve Rogers in it, was, you know, on message. Yeah. I didn't think Spencer's sensibility fit Captain America. It fits perfectly with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it fit Cap. That's why I didn't read that book. You know, what's interesting is that I feel like I have an easier time thinking of stories that have a, a different portrayal of characters that I liked. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happens, too, is that you've got portrayals of characters where they, they haven't figured out what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been a lot of Green Lantern like that. For a long time, people just couldn't figure out how Jordan... I've definitely not read books because the Wonder Woman version isn't interesting. We talked about this uh, last week or a couple weeks ago when they did the Wonder Woman special that we read. Yeah, that's an adjacent problem. I mean, I, I, think, the, I think the specific problem he's asking about is, is tough. I know, I'm getting as close yeah, to as I can. Yeah. So, you know, like... I'm trying to think. I'm, I guarantee that you have read a Martian Manhunter where you're like, that's not right. Or yeah. Hawkman or Doctor Strange. I, I can't think of the specific examples, though. But those sort of edge characters, you know, that don't get used all the time. And I know that there are people who actually also, you know, will read Batman from different places. Go, Batman wouldn't do this. But we've also given Batman a lot of flexibility. Like, there's lots of Batmans you can have. We all have an idea in our head of what our favorite characters should act and be like and they don't always fit that so we're, we're all constantly dealing with that do you know what i mean yeah i, I think that's true I, I don't know that i can think of a book that i dropped because of that because right. usually that's a symptom of, of something else like i have not read a lot of damian wayne stuff because i still want didn't the character though i know but but like initially grant morrison's portrayal was fun it was interesting and then like the next thing that comes along is is you know peter tomasi's version which isn't isn't even as like he was annoying to begin with and then this is even worse right you know that it's like they missed it even the part that was interesting about that character and i I don't mean to come down to tomasi because he did it for a long time and he owns it but i didn't like it i'm sure there's an instance in our show's history and our reading history in which we have done this but i can't think of one it doesn't mean it doesn't exist i just i just can't think of what it is I feel like it's part and parcel of, of a, a whole thing. If it's part of what makes you not want to read a book. But no, I can't. Uh, you guys should uh, weigh in on this. I'm sure there's things that we're missing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's been outrage that we've dropped the book. Let's squeeze the last one in. Carl C., I've been getting into running. This led me to wonder, without accessing the Speed Force, could Barry Allen run a full marathon? And how do you think he would finish? That's a good question. No. Really? No, I think the Speed Force is... A crutch in uh-huh. terms of running. The speed force allows him to run really fast. The speed force gives him the super metabolism. He doesn't have to go out there and train. He can just do it. So if you take that ability away, he's back to being normal Barry Allen. He can't run. Well, he right is now. all muscly and everything, so that indicates a certain level of fitness. It doesn't mean running fitness, though. That's a whole other yeah. Kind of That's a whole other deal. Yeah, but does he go lift weights or something? How does he get like that? Is it the metabolism? He's got to have to train running-wise. That's Weights would be useless. Right. I have a couple of friends who run marathons, and my brother-in-law, he ran the New York City Marathon this year. It's, it's a whole other thing to do, and you have to – you couldn't just put a random person into the marathon and have them run. I mean, they could try, but they wouldn't finish. I, maybe he's asking if, if the speed force was gone, is there any – maybe if there's residual Right. My, my take is no. The speed force is what allows him to run fast and allows him to have the right. metabolism, and if he doesn't have that, then – So you're saying he doesn't even have a natural aptitude for that? No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. 
Because he used to be slow and late all the time. That was his character. But he wasn't like a like a fat dude. I'm relatively fit now. I've been relatively fit before, and I couldn't run a marathon. Well, because I've never trained for a marathon. It's a no, very specific. It's a, it's a very specific skill. <laughs> you're a collection of loosely connected parts at this point. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I've I've never been able to run in my life. Like I hear people talk about runner high the same way that they would talk like that. You know, like a Ouija board or a psychic. I'm like, whatever. That's not a real thing. It's not like Baryon was a runner and then got the flash powers. He was just a regular dude and then he got the flash powers. Was he on like track in high school? No. None hmm. of that stuff. So if you took away Superman's strength, it's not like he could still lift a car over his head. The strength was what allows him to do that in the same way that the speed force is what allows Barry to run. Hmm. He's a regular dude. A regular dude. Well, with abs. Well, that's because he's a comic book character. That's true. Go look at the Carmine Infantino stuff. He didn't have abs. Well, they didn't have the kind of fabric to show that at the right, time. Right. It, was all, it was heavy burlap. <laughs> that's, I was going to say wool. But burlap is a funnier word. Canvas. <laughs> that would chafe. Yeah, all of it would that chafe. That would chafe so badly. They just they coated the inside with talcum powder because that was the best they had. <laughs> and then I got cancer. Contact at ifanboy.com. <laughs> Wait, is, is talcum powder carcinogenic now? Baby powder. Ah, shit. Gold Bond's okay though, right? I think so. I don't know. You know what's funny is that I was thinking to myself earlier is that there's like two things I couldn't live without. And one of them is the heartburn medicine. And then the other thing is gold bond. But they took the heartburn medicine off the shelves because it's carcinogenic now. <laughs> so it's like, don't take gold bond away from me. That's sad, Josh. That might be the saddest thing you've ever said in the show. Well, I mean, we all make choices. And uh, unfortunately, too often my choice is pizza. Let's talk about upcoming shows or shows we just have out we just talked about Hawkeye Freefall, and I spoke with the writer of that and, and many other fine comic books, Matthew Rosenberg. As soon as we are done with this, as soon as we are done with this, I'm going to reach out to the person who I've already pre-qualified to do the next show, and I'm going to set up a time oh, you, to you record said, you that said show. You them the, the questionnaire. They filled it out. They, were, they answered it. No, no. What I do is I say, hey, I don't know if you know who I am, uh-huh. and if you don't, that's fine. Would you want to come on my show? And then if I have to, I make an apology for the name I fanboy. And then usually uh, I assume I end up in a spam filter or they just, you know, they decide not to. Right. Sometimes I write back right away and that's great. So there's no questionnaire involved. There's not. No, I don't even write. I don't, I don't prepare in any way. I see. All right. <laughs> well, he's got another one. We, and then if you look right behind this show in the feed, you'll find Books Blowed, Batman by Neil Adams, book three. The Book Explode show that we do every other month. And this, we talked about Neil Adams' work from the 70s, the recoloring, the modern recoloring. We went down a couple of rabbit holes, which was fun. Sure. It was a fun show. I liked it. Where are the prices? That's another weird. I thought that was a 20-minute go. I, I was like, this is not going to last. Turns out, turns out that's, that's never the case. 42 it. minutes. Yeah, not bad. So it's a fun show. Check it out right behind us on the feed. Also, as we've mentioned before, uh, you can currently you can vote for the Tripwire Awards, which is UK comic book awards. It's open to voting for anyone. There's a link on our show notes to do so. And I ask if you would consider voting for Bill Sienkiewicz Revolution Volume One in the Best Collection uh, category. It's a book I worked on last year. I'm very proud of. And the uh, awards voting is still open. You can vote for any award in the in the awards. And we I would appreciate it if you would consider the vote. And thank you all who, who do. Is this like a six month voting thing? I'm going to look into what it is, but you know, I got I got to get the tin can in it. I just, I'm, you know, just ask. I'm just so, asking. So on my pencils. 
Get over at ifanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out over on facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter or following at ifanboycomics on Instagram where we will also put best of the week in the panels, which was a thing we used to do regularly on the old website uh, back when that was a thing. You can follow us individually at, at C.S. Kilpatrick uh, and at J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. If you dig – oh, that's your part. That's I'm, going. Keep going. I'm going. I'm going. Push through. If you like this show – Write a review of it. Write a review or leave a star rating for uh, any show that you that you really like. Uh, that that helps all of them. So if you've done this one already, go do it for a different one that you love. I am a little behind on that. I need to catch up on some of the things I've added. Although I feel like I've been listening to every podcast I've been listening to for about ten years now. So uh, I've added a couple, and, and and I hate dropping them. It's hard to drop, but you got to move on. Some feel guilty. Yep. I mean, don't drop this. We didn't even talk about the Amazing Spider-Man this week, in which J. Jonah Jameson had a podcast. Yeah. I actually meant to put that on the list, but that was I felt very attacked there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Better yet, tell your friends about it or uh, post on social. Whatever it is, get the word out. We always appreciate that. And that will do for this show. It is not an hour and 40 minutes long, so that's something. That's, that's it. We're done. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I'm Josh.